0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of RealCom Live. Um, good to have you with us. Um, as I've been doing for about a year and a half now, I'm going to summarize uh, today's episode in a couple words, one or two words. Um, exhausting. Okay. The topic is artificial intelligence and the impacts of the built environment. Um, I'll, I'll let you know that the agenda and outline for this um, particular discussion changed uh, two hours before we are going live. That's how fast This is moving, Uh, the headlines are popping out daily, new technologies are being released every week, and I'm just watching people's wheels turn trying to figure out how to digest this information, how to apply it to themselves, their organizations, the industry, their lives, their kids, and uh, while it's fun as a technologist, you're always interested in new changes, um, sometimes it becomes a little overwhelming and our goal and our job is to aggregate some of the biggest thinkers on the topic and get them here on RealCom Live, our webinars at our events uh, to try to make some sense and keep the hype to a minimal because there's a real danger of that. Um, so today we have got uh, who I consider one of the folks leaning into this in our industry. Let's bring them on, uh, Joseph Martino, VP of IT for Primaris REIT. Joe, I apologize. We're changing the agenda uh, a little bit, but uh, you know, these days you got to kind of be uh, open to change. Correct? <laughs> Agile. Yes. Ag- Agile. Agile. That that that's a good way to put it. So before we go to the conversation we had designed, some news and some you know things have been coming out um, uh, in the last week or so. I'm just going to share my screen, um, and I'm going to pop through these real quick. I'm not. I, I don't want to get your opinion yet. Uh, just kind of. Take note, this is uh, the news from OpenAI, Sara. Uh What you're watching here is um, uh, voice or text to video generation. The prompt was uh, a uh, Chinese Lunar New Year uh, celebration with a dragon, and this is what it came up with. That, that's one product announcement. Then we've got um, 11 Labs who's doing text to voice. then they came out, I think, this week saying, oh, by the way, we're going to figure out a way. And they've got demos already of overlaying their voice to those videos we just saw. I start seeing, you know, what the implications to that are Um, now some because we're in the real estate industry. Uh Oh, Tyler Perry uh, puts construction of an eight hundred million dollar studio on hold because he may not need those need those sound studios, those green screens. If AI is as good as it's appearing, it is. An AI-generated influencer uh, pulls in $11,000 a month. I think this is just the beginning. And then last but not least, last week, week before, finance worker pays out $25 million after a video call with deepfake financial officer. So that's just a little bit of what's happened in the last week. <laughs> okay. It, it impacts the organization. It impacts the real estate market, it impacts the workforce. And I wanted to just get your quick take on all of this as it relates to the macro conversation on artificial intelligence. And then of course, we'll dive right into our predetermined conversation about how you're using it at Primaris.
1: Yeah, Jim, uh, thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it very much. It's always a great chat uh, with yourself and uh, Howard. Um, yeah, I think um, media content creation in general is, is kind of up in the air. Um, AI is changing the game Drastically uh, for that industry. Another announcement as well is uh, Reddit is IPOing, and as well they announced that there's a sixty million, I believe, sixty million dollar investment, um, so that Google Gemini could use Reddit content, which is one of the largest content um, repositories that we have on the internet, um, basically to build into their LLMs. So you know, uh, the whole content media world is. I hope they had some privacy conversations along the way you would think so um i know reddit <laughs> closed down some of their apis so they could stop the free scraping of a lot of their data and they did this a while ago and i guess you know in preparation to monetize their data which makes sense right because their their whole premise is, is built upon community knowledge and, and bringing that together and then when you sort of just pull that out of the internet and use it in a, in a large language model and then serve it up uh somewhere else reddit's kind of left back but now obviously they They've made that uh, deal with Google Gemini. But yeah, in general, this is uh, game changing.
0: Well, and, and I, I've been in, in this IT career for quite a while. I've never seen things move at this speed. Okay. Uh, as we talked about in the green room, you know, from the ChatGBT announcement fall year or so ago uh, to you know what we did at RealCom, the you know, forming of the AI advisory group, Buildings AI, getting ready for this year's conference. We might as well just change the name of the conference to RealCom and IBCON AI. Because it's impacting every single topic that we're we're going to be dealing with, um, so I think we're in agreement that we've never quite seen anything like this, or at least it's online with the internet, PCs, you know, the whole personal computer revolution, cell phones. I mean, this one's big.
1: Yeah, and you said it yourself in the pre-show. Fast forward, you know, six plus months, eight months. Um, and we show up at the RealCom live conference and um, there's just going to be a whole new bunch of, of functionality and uh, players in the game by the time that happens.
0: And and I am attempting and I'll make the pledge to try to keep the hype to, to a minimum. Right. Uh, because there's only so much you can control. Hard. It's hard, but we're going to just continue to find folks like you who are, you know, paying attention to the speed and the velocity, but um, are pragmatic, you've got good strategies in place, you're executing deliberately, and and you're not going to let this thing whipsaw you, um, but you are leaning in, right? And and I think for those people who aren't really embracing it or haven't yet, there's a little sense of overwhelming that I'm feeling, you know, by from a lot of people, like, it's too much, right? And, you know, it's not just too much to understand it, but then to Get it into your organization. Get executive leadership understanding. it, Getting middle you know, management to understand. It. Getting the people who are working inside your buildings to understand it. Uh, pretty daunting task. You know.
1: Distilling it all is uh, is a daunting task. That's exactly what it is. Um, getting engaged in it, um, understanding it, and um, you know, creating awareness within the organization as these things come up is like happening in real time. Exactly.
0: So let's let's get to it. Um, Tell me a little bit about your background in IT, just so I I love context. You know, obviously you've been at this for a little bit, but give uh, the the listeners a little understanding of your IT career as it leads to Primaris, and then we'll jump into Primaris and how you're using uh, artificial intelligence uh, inside the company.
1: Yeah, um, I spent most of my career delivering uh, SaaS solutions, mainly in uh, fleet telematics, fleet management, and IoT technologies. Um, You know, I spent time in operations, in data and analytics, CRM, system deployments, corporate IT, production IT, um, and all sort of enveloped around that is is really customer experience, especially when you when you work in um, product delivery, um, companies that are delivering software uh, to large client bases, you no matter what part of the organization you're in, you're very customer focused, everything you're doing is is for that end customer. Um, So Yes, I would say that's really, I've had some great opportunities to work in companies that are in scaling mode. So starting from very small to very large, which, um, you know, it's given me a bit of gray hair over the years, but um, tons of experience and exposure to to things that, um, you know, I'm I'm very lucky to have experienced.
0: So um, a little bit on day-to-day in your role at Primaris. Uh,
1: Day-to-day at Primaris, um, you know, uh, we have, as, as we've talked at length, corporate IT and, and operational technology. Um, we have a, a small team, a lean team um, who do great things here, supporting the organization across the portfolio. Um, Primaris is, is actually um, the largest owner operator of shopping centers in Canada by mall count. So uh, we own enclosed shopping centers, and uh, that's really our focus from an asset class perspective. The team is, um, is public information that we're looking to continue to grow and um, acquire properties um, at the top end of our portfolio. And um, the IT team specifically supporting that scale, supporting the productivity needs of the organization, um, supporting centralizations of process, standardization of process, um, and really underpinning all that process with technology. So there, needless to say, there's a ton going on here. Uh, prioritization is key for the organization right now. We're laser focused. I work with the senior leadership team in some great conversations on prioritizing what's important for Primaris um, at this point in time to help us scale and uh, get through the next phase of growth.
0: So in our journey in the last year or so on this topic, we've kind of seen that most of the case studies and the uses are falling into at least three major buckets. Uh, number one would be uh, you know, real estate enterprise applications, you know, property management, lease administration, what have you, how to use AI in that arena to make better decisions, faster decisions. There's the front end, smart building. You know, how do you make the building operate more efficiently, more engaging? Now These are the physical systems, air conditioning, light heating inside a building. And the third is organizational productivity. And it, it appears that you've chosen that as your first entree. And is that a fair statement?
1: Yeah, I would say it's fair. Um, the, the major the major products and the organization that maybe could benefit on the erp side and whatnot are things that we're doing in proof of concept um, but really it's about gaining um, productivity gains from ai um, i think it's already available and and can be deployed in a safe and controlled manner so this to me you know lowest risk on 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 the the poll and and this would be where i wanted to start so we we've done you know as a team um as an it team we figured the best way to do this is to jump in and use these technologies ourselves first pl- before deploying to the organization from a product. And, it, it.
0: and it's a pretty safe bet that most people in our industry um, rely very heavily on the Microsoft stack, right? As the enterprise productivity platform. Yeah. And, and so it makes sense, right? And Microsoft obviously has a big stake in this game. So can you describe like day one, Uh, your co-pilot and and other Microsoft product AI journey. What was day one for you in in this AI journey within the Microsoft stack? Uh,
1: Well, day one, I would say, started likely a lot of other journeys started um, from the productivity side with ChatGPT back in November 2022, where quickly it was understood that there was going to be some sort of partnership or there was some back workings that um, they would come together uh, with OpenAI. And be able to offer up some services. Fast forwarding, you know, they released their their version of of Copilot using um, OpenAI services in the background, um, but you know, it was limiting from an organization perspective because they had uh, minimums of 300 licenses. Um, I think they did that really to you know get get the first innovating companies that have big budgets to get in there and really work out the kinks. And thankfully. They changed that. And I would say on day one, when they took down that 300 minimum license, uh, we lit up licenses. Was it
0: literally day one? You signed up day
1: one. As soon as as I heard the news that morning, I came in the office and um, myself and uh, our director of infrastructure, Tim Davidson, we we lit up the license and um, uh, never turned back since then. Uh, Really two purposes. Obviously um, we want to be productive as a team, but also, um, I'm a strong believer in testing and trying technologies before they get deployed to the organization.
0: So, so the logic so far is, I'm a micros I'm, I'm heavily invested in Microsoft. They're heavily invested in AI. Why don't I follow that battleship and in their wake? That makes a lot of sense. And then, two, let me focus on really bringing the entire organization up on the topic, so then they can start impacting all the different places AI may touch throughout the entire ecosystem.
1: You got it. And and brilliant. We're, Absolutely we're brilliant. We're, where we went quickly was, okay, um, we need to learn, but not just with our hands, we also need some you know, professional um, uh, helping us along this journey. So we reached out to Microsoft right away. We got workshops started with them. They have uh, co-pilot workshops, which anyone can you know, sort of reach out to their account reps and get started on, uh, because there's some large governance exercises and preparation exercises that you wanna go through before you go deploy to the organization, which you know it's, it's got some significant lead time there for sure. So um, one of the things that we did, um, and I know uh, we might show some slides on this, but to okay. give it to the organization, um, I felt as if once, you know, sort of bringing it into the IT ecosystem, it would be very overwhelming to bring to the rest of the organization in, in one shot, you know, the, the Microsoft app tray and stack is, is there's a ton of great stuff in there um, that really most people have access to, but it's it's hard for them to dip their toes in and start using these applications. So. I didn't want to overwhelm the organization. What we started with was Microsoft had had um, initially released Copilot in the Edge sidebar. So, you know, we are a Microsoft stack. We do use Edge as our default browser in the org. And um, they released Edge sidebar, um, part of our Microsoft licensing. So it made sense that we could... Uh, significantly reduce risk from people going out into chat GPT and putting public and sensitive information out in the public engines and bring them into the organization in an organizational tool that's more controlled something like copilot edge dip their toe in AI understand the capabilities we quickly started to do um, some webinars with the organization and show them capabilities I did one um, just a couple weeks ago um, essentially me showing people how to prompt and use the tool that's there. Um, on the next slide you'll see um, that they give an actual com- compose feature as part of the edge uh, sidebar uh, for Copilot. And um, it really for those users who you know wouldn't necessarily know where to start on how to uh, put together a document or an email or a presentation in here it kind of gives you the pre pre uh, pre-created prompts to go through and compose an actual document. Um, you know, you can do it in Word. You could bring up your um, your Office.com um, website where you'd have access to Word and to PowerPoint and to um, you know uh, any other productivity app, and you can essentially generate text and talk contextually to what's on your page in that browser, and you know create some AI content that you can then use. Um, you know whether it's summarizing key points on on presentations or it's uh, creating emails to uh, whoever it is that you're, you're talking with on a daily basis via email. So some great product productivity gains there just in, in your day-to-day writing, I would call it, and content creation. And then again, on the risk side, we wanted to keep people in our controlled um, ecosystem and primarily see on that last slide, what we did was we quickly spun up um, Azure OpenAI services within our, our Microsoft Azure environment and offer up a chat that's, for all intents and purposes, which you would get out of ChatGPT, but you know, this is built on uh GPT-4 Turbo. Um, and previously we did 3.5, um, but essentially it's skinned for us to use internally and it's within our controlled internal environment. So environments. None of the data that goes in there, if there is sensitive data or confidential data, doesn't feed the public models outside of our
0: environment. So, so I mean, my head is spinning, okay? okay. Given the, the multitude of Microsoft products you just named, which, by the way, the names are changing daily. They are. Do you have a whiteboard or, or some kind of digital board in your office that just focuses on the Microsoft stack and all the different references to AI? Because in our various conversations, you've talked about Bing, Bing Enterprise, Copilot, Copilot for Teams. You know, all of these different products. You know, some are private, some are public. I mean, that's a pretty big maze of technology that you have to understand. How, when, and where to apply? How how did you work through all that? And are you still, you know, developing uh, an understanding of their entire platform as it relates to artificial intelligence?
1: Uh, 100%. Um, still developing. Like I said, you know, we're focused on customer experience and where we hear business needs. Um, especially, we, you know, when when I start to do webinars like that i have some key people that kind of pop out out of the organization and say hey i've I've been using this and this is great can you show me more can you show me a little bit more or i need something to do this and that's where i can start to you know develop a a longer roadmap on some of these tools because the user base brings me those use cases as for kind of whiteboarding all the business apps across the org um, yes we do have you know a business map a business app map Um, but to your point it is changing um, and now we have to integrate in, I would say, the AI components on the productivity side into that um, into that chart, into that. Market.
0: Yeah, because I mean, the applications are endless. I mean, you know, in the retail market, taking retail shopping demographics, you know local population demographics, sales, um, uh, the, the financials of all the different tenants, you know throw that in the mosh pit and and I mean, you could use this as a strategic, Tool all the way up to the boardroom on deciding which markets, which products.
1: Well, in that um, internal chat that I was showing you, we've pointed it um, to our internal SharePoint. So again, Microsoft stack using the Microsoft Azure tools. It's kind of very easy. I don't want to trivialize it. You know, there's obviously configuration there and security and controls that need to be put in place. But essentially, it's a lot of just click and and create um, connections with your data. Uh, in this case, we have a lot of SharePoint data and, and we can, you know, tap into that data through chat, you know, obviously not fully baked, but this is something that we want to start to give our user base so that they can start to understand the other possible and, and, you know, interact with data that they previously, maybe interaction with that data was tougher reading yeah. through stuff. Um, you know, now, well,
0: you query it. after talking to you and others, we, you know, realized early on that the industry is looking for this. So we are full-on in the the middle of developing a workshop for the conference in june great uh 90 minutes might be two hours we're still working on the details digging deep into the resources of microsoft to make sure we get the right people understand the built environment but for those of you listening uh rest assured we are going to have resources available leverage resources because imagine everybody's picking up the phone and trying to get to these folks um we're going to have a program that's going to you know deal with this straight on um, before we take a break, um, real quick question on a 100-mile journey, as it, as it relates to not you, but your organization on on this a artificial intelligence journey, 100 miles, what mile are you at?
1: Based on the moving goalpost, I would say we just started the ignition. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, um, my role will evolve. Um, organizations, the way they interact with technology is going to evolve um so quickly and um and it will be very different a um, 100 miles down the road to your point but yeah I feel like there's just so much out there that um we can still look towards and uh, have ambitions for just like your you know your news articles this is disrupting the media and content industry wait till these things really get embedded into the daily infrastructure that we have like uh GitHub Copilot for developers um Copilot for security these are some other you know, uh, Microsoft products that we'll, we'll dip our toe into as well. Like Just the whole way of working both from an IT perspective and then as a company.
0: I, I think that's the way we open the workshop is a listing of all the different products because you know, I've been talking with some you know, tech executives and some are fully uh, aware uh, and some are not. These products are being changed daily, names changing, new products introduced. So we're going to use the conference as a level set. Okay, here's Microsoft stack as it relates to the built environment. Uh, you know, pertaining to AI, and, and at least get everybody up to to the same place. All right, let's take a brief break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Joe about some specific things he's doing in his world um, using artificial intelligence inside the Microsoft platform. Uh, and uh, I was duly impressed when I saw it, and I think you will be as well. We'll be right back. All right, um, I got to admit, there's a little little bit of a geek in me, always has been, and. and I remember when you gave, uh, we, we first talked about and then you kind of gave us a little demonstration on how you are using um, Microsoft AI products within Teams uh, and, and you described the recording of the meeting and and then the transcription and then you know, applying it to copilot. Can you give our audience just a brief description of how you use that in your daily life as it relates to Teams and meetings like the one, uh, ones that we're used to? Experiencing every day.
1: Sure. Yeah, I would say on the productivity side, it's probably my favorite uh, part of the Copilot um, offering at this point is really using it within the Teams environment. Uh, number one, Teams has like its own Copilot app in there that you could kind of open up and use like a search engine across all your files and across your files, your emails, your conversations, and it'll tell you that you know as you ask it, which I do on a daily basis, recap my day for me, or what is in the day ahead tasks action items and it'll quickly start, you know, it's little prompt and and you can see it's thinking and it's looking through emails and it's looking through my documents and it's looking through um, my chat conversations and then gives me a summary and I'll tell you um, it's very helpful because, you know, we are all moving, you know, miles uh, uh, very fast and, you know, on a daily basis, how many times do you uh, forget maybe uh, one or two tasks that you meant to get ahead of? Um, I feel like it's some good reminders there on the meeting recap side. Like it's it's um, it's really amazing. What we do now is make sure to record, make sure to transcript, because it's valuable data that we can take. Not only to you know recap in general the summary of the meeting, but also uh, action items. So I find you know we have great meetings, and um, if you're not meticulous with note taking, you have a ton of action items in there that you essentially maybe have lost in the conversation or whatnot. This keeps you accountable for sure because. Once you do that recap, then you could list out action items, and I'll tell you every time I run it, I'm like, oh yeah, that that I, I wasn't thinking about that action item. Uh,
0: uh, scale of Maybe one to right. ten, scale of one to ten, how much has the organization embraced that use on a daily basis?
1: So again, deployed to the org, we're sticking with the edge browser sidebar for now, okay, and only the users that show up that are um, that have you know ambitions to get more out of it. We've provided a few other licenses in the organization to co-pilot to test it out. But before we can deploy across the whole organization, uh, we still have to finish our governance exercises with the Microsoft team. Um, But I can tell you the IT team is using it. um, And obviously, we're a more controlled environment. And the productivity gains that we're getting just in our team meetings, um, this product is already essential for us.
0: So of everything you've seen in the last... Three months, six months, inside the Microsoft stack relating to AI. Anything else jump out that you need to share with us? Like favorite uh, application, most astounding yeah. experience. Yeah.
1: yeah. I don't know if uh, the non-geeks on the phone will, or on the on the live um, will appreciate it, but the power stack from a Microsoft perspective is looking better and better. Um, the functionality, if I could describe, sort of a use case that I'm building out is really taking our help desk tickets. And as they come through help desk, which we use again, another Microsoft product dynamics to store our help desk tickets, we scrape those tickets, or we will be scraping those tickets, um, formatting them in a much better way. As you know, a lot of uh, help desk tickets turn out to be not so um, uh, well formatted, structuring the data, and then being able, the next step of this is really being able to automate some responses, either back to the tech support team, or out to the actual end um, user or end employee who, who brought an issue forward to offer suggestions and to offer first steps, triaging help. Um, the same concept can be applied
0: to maintenance and operations right. of the building as well.
1: You got it. So the, the technology there is the power stack that Microsoft has and it's Power Automate has introduced a bunch of GPT related capabilities all coming from OpenAI that allow you to insert AI, Gen AI capabilities into automated workflows. So any of the users out there will know Power Automate. They'll know um, that you can sort of build a workflow script. And in that script now, you can easily drop in Gen AI features, uh, analyze this task, summarize this text. Um, And so these are some of the exciting ways, I think. And we haven't even
0: talked talked about the PowerPoint, the Excel, the Word. I mean, again, think about everything Microsoft as it relates to your databases, your applications, your documents, your data, your productivity tools. If if AI starts, you know, hitting the edges of all those, I mean, we we looked at the way movies and and, and videos are being generated. Organizational productivity, I think, is ready for one of those astounding jumps. It is astounding, astounding it, jumps.
1: And my my view on it is, I have to embrace it. Um, you know, th- there's many different. Um, ways to come at this in many perspectives, and uh, you know, I I I do hold, very hold dear the risk side of this and the governance side of this. Um, but I think part of being um, a risk in front of the risk is actually understanding the technology intimately. Intimately. Why we intimately. are using it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I, I think your approach is stunning. You know, you, you know, pilot it within the tech group where you got control. You know, put it out there into the organization in bit-sized pieces continue beginning continue to organize or educate the organization get your governance in place joe i think you're doing it right um you know and, and again it's this is the beginning of the journey um you know so um but you know so far it sounds like you're doing a great job and i'm, I'm hoping to have you back a number of times uh i know you're uh one of the co-chairs of the ai advisory group or is going to be you know working with us to make sure the ai messages at the conference are the right ones and the products so I just want to say, number one, thank you for your efforts with inside you know, your role at Primaris. And then number two, thank you for sharing that with us and hence the community. And um, we, it is really, really appreciated.
1: My pleasure and uh, really glad to be part of the journey.
0: Okay. We will be back, no doubt. <laughs> have a great day. Thanks you again. You
1: too. Take care, Jim.
0: Bye-bye. All right. Uh, I knew it was going to go over a little bit. Honestly, that conversation could have gone an hour. Um, we're going to have quite a few conversations on AI in the weeks and months to come prior, leading up to the conference. Howard, uh, I'm gonna get right out of your way. I know we went over, you got some great stories, probably some about AI, and uh, we'll let you get at it.
2: Oh, thanks, Jim. And and thank you, Joseph, I mean, for everything, for your leadership, you know, in our realcom community on the AI topic and everything that you bring. Uh, that was a great conversation um, and really looking forward to escalating the conversations of the conference. So moving on to the news. I'm going to highlight a few stories from our weekly briefing that goes out every Thursday morning. And if you don't see it in your inbox, just go to realcom.com and click on news. So, in a story that reads like a page out of a cyber espionage novel, we turn to China, where an investigation is underway into a massive unauthorized leak of documents from a company called I Soon, a Chinese hacking company with deep ties to the CCP. And this document dump isn't just a few files. We're talking about a deluge of information that lays bare the digital espionage tools and tactics used by Chinese authorities to keep tabs on dissidents and hack foreign networks. And the leaked cache includes contracts, presentations, lists of clients, employees, It's the equivalent of finding the secret recipe to state surveillance cookbooks. Now, this isn't just about spying on their own citizens. The document shows the company's tentacles reach internationally into the digital infrastructures of Hong Kong, Taiwan, and more. Theories on who's behind the leak range from rival intelligence services to internal whistleblowers. US has been ramping up defenses against these nation state hacks with recent charges against Chinese police uh, units for conducting similar surveillance operations abroad. One thing's clear, digital background, not just about technology. It's about the power to control information, digital espionage, and perhaps most importantly, the behavior of populations. Next, AI in the news again. Uh, Imagine that, Uh, in a significant move, Google's put the brakes on a feature in its Gemini AI image generation tool amid concerns of historical accuracy. The tech giant acknowledged the issues after users pointed out that AI was generating images of historical figures, such as our US founding fathers as people of color. Now Google's admitted to missing the mark and is working to rectify the inaccuracies. And this step back comes as Google looks to compete with Microsoft backed open AI, which recently launched Sora, uh, an impressive generative AI capable of creating video from text prompts. A senior director at Google emphasized the company's commitment to representation and bias, saying they will continue refining the technology. Uh, Next, on the product side, Matterport just uh, launched uh, a new product called Property Intelligence, which is a suite of AI-powered tools like automated measurement layouts, editing, and reporting capabilities that can streamline the creation of virtual property tours and more. Now Matterport serves up about a, a billion virtual tours annually. Uh, these are for home tours to manage retail stores or to even manu- uh, oversee manufacturing operations remotely, reducing the need for physical site visits. Another cool feature is an add-on that converts digital twin data into editable CAD drawings Really good for expediting design and construction workflows. And the company is hinting at something called Project Genesis, an upcoming uh, Gen AI that can declutter or or actually, I'm sorry, generative AI that can declutter or completely redesign the space virtually. So stay tuned for a lot more of this generative design AI innovation in this space. Uh, Finally, what's what's on the horizon for smart restroom solutions? So smart maintenance tech adoption. Increasing at an increasing rate, smart restroom solutions are enabling data-driven cleaning and maintenance by continually monitoring IoT restroom devices and alerting custodial staff immediately when maintenance is needed, all contributing to higher performance buildings uh, uh, by enabling custodial staff to be more proactive in providing well-maintained, well-stocked restrooms uh and leads to elevated cleaning and hygiene results improved operational efficiency optimized energy consumption and reduced waste now we're starting to see gen ai applied to smart restroom operations helping figure out how to more efficiently consolidate and bundle complex arrays of products and services that currently exist in smart restroom operations but what's puzzling to me is that you know a lot of these technologies you know they uh especially the iot technologies You've been around for a decade or more Well, man. you're
0: reading my mind so i'm going to comment on you know, a few articles I mean, let me we, the first one yeah the more, i mean but the, the point is they're all low cost high return investments why isn't everybody on How how many years ago did you put the smart building or the smart bathroom pavilion at Realcom? Uh, was it 15? Remember? 15 remember yeah, <laughs> <easy. laughs> yeah. paper towel water detection toilet paper it was
2: it was all there maybe they Communication protocols were a little so differently. different. They handled the data
0: a little differently, but it the improvements to efficiency. So, so, you, and so you have a bathroom per- on the fiftieth floor that, if it leaks, will hit forty nine floors on its way to to the bottom. And and we're still not in, censoring every single bathroom and every single skyscraper for you know, I mean, pennies.
2: Things it, and and put in a couple of dollar sensor and you know. You know, on a Laura Wynn network, and you know, and have it flag you when they yeah. It's not out. new. It's not new.
0: I mean, it's yeah. old.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's old. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's starting to get a little frustrating. It's like and this now, is now not they're applying Gen AI to it. It's it's just yeah. It's, it's just weird. let let, let my, my theme for this year is less talk, more action. Okay, I mean, because yeah. this the stuff. Oh is yeah, like, let's just do it. Let's exactly. Do it. I think that's your phrase. Let's just do it. And enough, enough of the BS. I think is your phrase. Um, one final thought on that first article though, on the chinese um, uh, hack you know, this nation state um, threat has been on our radar screen for a number of years uh, it's going to be a big deal at the conference we're going to have lots of conversations on it it is escalating the built environment as a subset of critical infrastructure is included in the conversation and we're going to have some really serious domain experts helping building owners understand what they can do um, when in fact the, the threats are real so this um, is on the
2: table from cyber to deep fakes to uh you know to nation state hacks nation well if state anybody
0: listening i would encourage you to go up to youtube and type in fbi uh, congressional hearing uh china i think it's about two weeks ago now two hours and 11 minutes i think is the hearing watch every minute of it um uh, department of defense cisa fbi and the white house all representative uh, represented senior yeah, level. It's worth a, it's worth a, it's worth Absolutely a watch. Absolutely worth the watch. And the reason it's worth the watch is, you know, it, 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 there's not much we can do. We have to be realistic, but what we can do is elevate that message to senior leadership, CEO, CFOC, the board that, that this whole cyber espionage, cyber threat uh, is about to go to another level and, and it needs the attention of executive leadership, not just IT teams. We have to
2: mobilize the country, really around, to, a, you different. know, a probably one of the most existential threats that we've seen
0: uh, to our country. Absolutely, so great reporting as always, uh, capturing those articles, and uh, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Thank you all.
2: Everybody have a great weekend, and uh, we'll well. see you next time.
0: Thank you. All right, um, before uh, I wrap and uh, talk about next week, let's hear from our final sponsor. All right, so just kind of wrap today's show, uh, big shout out, thank you to Joe. um, just doing a phenomenal job at Primaris. Uh, One of the folks who leaned in early and and, and equally, if not more important, is his willingness to share. Uh, He's keeping himself and his organization at the cutting edge, top of the uh, charts, and he's willing to share with our industry every step of the way. And that's what it's going to take, leverage from all of these different organizations to share with each other to make sure that um, we all keep on track. Um, Next week, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, AI again. This week, we're going to be talking to Gary, or next week, we're going to be talking to Gary Bailey, VP of Enterprise Applications and Operations for Pico. And uh, what really caught my attention with Gary is number one, he did a demo for a bunch of us where he actually uh, did the whole presentation using AI and then he recorded his voice and then he gave us the presentation, gave the presentation back to us using his recorded voice of AI. And honestly, we couldn't tell which was the real Gary. Uh, number one, and then the second thing that he told me that really caught my attention was, I said, "When did you really dive into AI, and, and when did executive leadership take it serious?" And he goes, "The day after ChatGBT was announced." So they they leaned in fast, hard, and early, and there's been no looking back. He's got applications to talk about, he's got uh, successful projects that he can talk, he's going to be talking about as far as AI is concerned. And again, our our uh, promise to all of you is to find to get through the hype, get through the clutter and to find those legitimate people, organizations, and case studies that will help you understand the power of AI, and for that matter, all the technologies it relates to the real estate industry. So with that, I say thank you to everybody who helps put this together. Look forward to seeing you all next week. Be well, and have a great weekend. Bye-bye.